Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to episode number 3B, where we continue our conversation with Marima Sapati about India and Indian culture. Uh, before we get started, uh, there were a couple things that uh, Maddie wanted to clear up about the mythology, and I plugged those in right before the rest of the conversation. So let's get started. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and this is Culture Apology. Okay, so we have three main gods. The first one is Brahma, who is basically the creator of the world, the creator of the universe. He thought everything up and he brought it into reality. Then we have Lord Shiva, who is um, who is like the destroyer of the world. He is the destroyer of evil, god of destruction. And he is the one who, um, you know, like when things go ballistic, he's the one who kind of destroys the world. And um, he does this via a dance form called as Thanda. So he expresses his rage through the dance and um, it's really crazy. And then we have um, Lord Vishnu, who is basically the protector of the realms, the protector of the world. So... He is basically, you could think of him as like the middleman, that he steps in when things go weird or when things are going wrong. He is the one who steps in and he takes the form of an avatar and he is the one who, you know, then protects the world. So Shiva is kind of like an extreme. Lord Shiva is kind of like an extreme, but he's a, you know, Lord Vishnu is the one who goes there and battles and protects the realm. So, yeah. Let's talk about the, maybe some traditions and in, in festivals. And, you know, before we started recording, you said yeah. there's a party outside, you know. And so yeah. I think that's really interesting to learn about a culture is, you know, their traditions and their festivals and, you know, holidays and things like that. You know, and, and yeah. to see the difference in the variations of maybe some of the similar holidays that everybody else yeah. has or may have. Sure. So, um, you know, we have the common holidays of Christmas, Thanksgiving and things like that. But I think Christmas is mostly celebrated because of the fact that kids want gifts <laughs> all over <laughs> India. That's. Uh, but, yeah, you know, like we, ha- we do celebrate Christmas. We do celebrate... Um, and India, like, as I was saying, you know, like, we are, we are a very hospitable country as such, I would mm-hmm. like to say, because we celebrate, like, you know, since we were kids, we were celebrating every Muslim festival, we were celebrating every Hindu festival, every Christian festival, there was no such differentiation as such. Right. Excuse me. Um, yeah, so like, you know, we would um, go over, when, you know, it's Christmas time, we would go over to any of our Christian friends and we would celebrate there. We would get food, like we would get like special delicacies like biryani and sheer kurma on Muslim festivals mm-hmm. and we would share sweets during Diwali and things like that. So I think as a country, 
we do kind of celebrate all festivals. Right. So there's that thing that I feel like a lot of my friends have done it too. You know, like we celebrate mm-hmm. all festivals. There's no differentiation because again, like a lot of my friends are also foodies and mm-hmm. we love to eat. So yeah, <laughs> I think that could be one of the main reasons behind it. But yeah, like we do celebrate all festivals, and there's this really fun thing. You know, so like the same festival has different traditions, has different cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on where you're celebrating it. So as I was telling you, you know, like we have the Durga Puja mm-hmm. and um, I am half Marathi, uh, half Bengali, half Telugu, basically. Okay. And, but as a, you know, like during the Durga Puja, I'm more into the Bengali side. Mm-hmm. So it's called Durga Puja and we celebrate it because um, the goddess Durga kind of defeated Mahisasur. Okay. And that is the reason behind celebrating that festival. Mm-hmm. And but how do you, you how do you celebrate yeah. it? What what do you do to celebrate that? Sure. That. So um, yeah, so it's kind of like you know you start with Ganesh Puja. Okay. Which is the uh, because you know all puja start with Ganesh Puja because he was the you know like his is a puja that we need to do in the beginning. He is the beginner. He is the Kind of kickstarter of all the festivals. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, he's the destroyer of evil and he basically helps you get into the good stuff of life. So okay. So we start with the Ganesh Puja. Then we have... So there are nine, uh, ten days of Durga Puja. Okay. And basically we go to the um, temple. We help decorate the idol. We help celebrate it like you know like there are a lot of fun games stuff like that for little mm-hmm. kids and we have vogue where like you know it's kind of like people go um they cook like huge huge like a lot of amount of food and that is mm-hmm. presented to the god and after the god has eaten so you know you present like a bit of everything to the god mm-hmm. and then you close the door so that the god can eat in peace okay and then you come, you take the plate and then you mix it up with the rest of the food. So oh, then wow. it kind of becomes like, yeah, so it kind of becomes like you're eating something that was blessed by the gods. Right. And so when when making that food, is that, you know, is there one person or two people or is it is it like a, a group or family thing to, to make the food? Sure. So again, it depends, you know, like... Um, for Durga Puja, mostly like we we go to a temple and there's like a set of people who are the ones who create, who make the food and everything. And they follow proper rules and regulations. So like, you know, you can't just go to the kitchen, put stuff together and be like, bam, right. food's ready. You have to follow proper uh, rituals before you start to cook. You have to be clean. You have to, you know, read the mantras uh-huh. and all that stuff should be going on. So... In Durga Puja, at least, there is, like, a set of people who cook food and then, you know, that is distributed to everyone. Okay. But when it comes to festivals that you would celebrate in home, mm-hmm. you know, there's not just one person. Like, when you're celebrating a festival at home, it's not just one person. It's right. like a family um, right. cooking together, right? So, um, for example, like, if we are talking about Diwali, which is a festival of lights, basically the men of the house go into, um, you know, decorating the house, cleaning up, putting up lights, putting up, doing all the manual labor kind of a right. thing. And then the 
females uh, they go they prepare the food they prepare snacks they prepare sweets so that's something that's kind of the norm mm-hmm. that you know we we all have our particular duties to do so like before diwali we have to clean up the entire, like proper spring cleaning needs to be done right. in every house before diwali and lights need to be set up we need to you know tell people of course like this diwali it was not like a really huge thing because of covid right for yeah yeah unfortunately yeah. i think that happened yeah, in quite a few places yeah sorry because like we weren't um, yeah we weren't allowed to burst crackers and things like that and a lot of people don't even burst crackers anymore like we don't um, you know because we want to be very understanding of the nature so we mm-hmm. have stopped bursting crackers but uh, you know the number of people who it was kind of banned in india oh during this diwali so you know like and i feel like you know as as the festival of lights is more important to spread light and not like spread smoke and right uh, yeah so we went around spreading um, diyas and we cooked like a lot of snacks and sweets and we gave it to the people that we love and care about we gave it to our neighbors it's kind of like you know you exchange food right to um show that you know you will be there for them and they will be there for mm-hmm. you and that's like a sentiment that's like an unspoken sentiment i feel when it comes to um exchanging sweets and exchanging snacks and things like that during festivals is that we are there for you if you ever want to lean on us you know we are here kind of a thing right that's interesting that's really that's that's awesome yeah i i mean and and when you so when you i guess exchange the the foods and and stuff is it just with yeah. family or is it friends or is it you know who, who is that done with yeah so um you know ideally we would send it to everyone that we love and care about and that's not just family and friends and it would be not only the neighbors but it would mm-hmm. also like we would send sweets and snacks across states to the oh, people wow. that live far away from us and the snacks are kind of like you know deep fried things that right kind of they they don't get spoiled very easily <laughs> so you, know, you can kind of right. send so it over to different places it, yeah that's yeah, interesting without having to yeah, what, without having to worry about it being yeah, spoiled yeah what are some of the sweets and and some of the foods that you guys do make because that i think that's important to culture is is mm-hmm. the food that is involved yeah yeah so uh again with different festivals different sweets and different um things like the gujia that i sent to you uh, like the video i shared mm-hmm. with you earlier that is made during holi and it has like a lot of dry fruits and um you know it's uh, it's really rich food it's kind mm-hmm. of like it has the structure of a dumpling you can think of it as a sweet deep fried dumpling if or a momo if you wanted to mm-hmm. but um, yeah you know like you you basically send a lot of sweets during festivals because you want to share the happiness and you know like right. happiness is shared when you share something sweet and it's it's kind of like you know we hope that this year or from this particular moment everything that happens with you is something that's really sweet and you know it gives you love and joy and hope and it, yeah that's really nice makes you happy yeah yeah so what are some of the other festivals and, and traditions that that go on in india that i mean have a lot of meaning mhm so we have diwali we have durga puja as i was mm-hmm. explaining like so when you go into the bengali side we have um, goddess durga killing uh, mahishasur 
when you come to uh, you know when you when you are celebrating it in andhra or telangana it's called batkamma Mm-hmm. and we celebrated because patkamma is the goddess of flowers and we you know the whole place is filled up with flowers and things like that right. really cool. and then there's navratri the same festival it's called <laughs> navratri because we celebrate or we um, kind of you know uh, it's about again goddess durga only but like you know you celebrate each form of her mm-hmm. so like uh there's one form that's the goddess of fertility the goddess of you know childbirth the goddess of family and these are several of her avatars like you know the same lady but several of her avatars and right. i think it's a very beautiful festival because you kind of show the amount of things that a lady or a female person can do that you know that mm-hmm. there are so many things that we are capable of and right. it kind of kind of show of the girl power so i think that's <laughs> right <laughs> yeah that's that's awesome um so <clears throat> i know you sent me a couple things of of traditional clothing and is yeah. you know that traditional clothing is that worn mainly during festivals and and some of the celebrations or is that worn throughout india on a regular basis as well. Yeah, so like, you know, it um it's like this it's called a sari that uh, the photos that I sent you mm-hmm. and sarees are basically worn by the ladies throughout the day. Like, you know, not a lot of them, but most of them wear the sarees throughout mm-hmm. the day. And if you go to the northern side then it becomes a kurta pajama which is basically like um you know, like loose. It's not really loose, but it's like uh you know, very comfortable top and pants mm-hmm. kind of a thing right and yeah it's kind of something that is you know sarees it depends like you know when you are wearing a sari during a festival you know it's those expensive sarees that you really get out of the <laughs> shelf and you like right. get dressed up and things like that <laughs> so uh, yeah it depends like you know like sarees are something they are traditionally worn by a lot of people and you know the fun thing about it is if you go to uh, west bengal mm-hmm. they wear it in a different way if you come down here in south they wear it in a different way so if you go to maharashtra they wear it in a different way right. so it's like so, that's so depending on yeah. where you are within the country it's worn yeah. different and is that just color yeah. or style as well um uh, i would say also color because um you know during onam in kerala it's like a um, harvest festival that is celebrated in kerala uh, you wear a very white and um, golden or a creamish of creamish of white kind of a sari with a golden border that is traditionally worn in karnataka kerala during onam during the onam festival and um, you know when you go to maharashtra if you see a wedding happening in maharashtra they would traditionally wear a dark green with a red or maroon border sari kind of a thing yeah again you know it depends yeah. where you are and so so the colors themselves that that seems to be of some importance to the actual clothing correct you know and depending on what yes. what celebration or or festival yeah. is happening or um i guess religious 
type thing yeah i i i would think so like i don't necessarily know a lot about the colors and the mm-hmm. reason behind why those particular colors are worn it's something of a like you know when i say that the off white with the golden border is called the onam sari that's because during my time in karnataka that was the thing that i saw a lot of people doing and you know like since i was a child and when i was living in maharashtra the dark green with the red bordered uh, or the maroon bordered sari is something that's usually worn during festivals so you know right. that's something that i have seen and observed but i don't necessarily know the meaning behind it no yeah and, and there yeah. may not necessarily be you know a, a meaning yeah. but I, I, it looks you know to me hearing about that it's you know for for certain things you know it would be maybe weird to see you know somebody wearing a different colored yeah exactly clothing exactly. to that particular festival rather than what's traditionally worn so yeah you know yeah it, so again like you know um so like one thing like i could relate it to would be like during a maharashtrian wedding the girl wears the dark green and the red bordered sari but like throughout india we wear red colored sarees because mm-hmm. that's the um color of you know um a suhagan aurat or someone who's just got married that's the color of it because you are showing the fertility behind the woman you're showing right. the amount of power that she has so i think yeah it's kind of similar to you know how christians wear white dresses mm-hmm. during the wedding like right again yeah 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 i i think it's you know something similar to that for sure yeah um and i would love to actually like you know after our call i think i would just go and i would love to read up on it and literally understand try to understand what the meaning <laughs> behind it was because you know that's like oh yeah why did i never think behind the meaning behind those things so yeah well, i would love yeah, to yeah and i and i think in in a lot of cultures you you do things that are automatic and there's yeah. not a whole lot of thought be- behind why do we do this why do we do that it, it we do it because as a society that's just what we do and yeah. you know at some point it started and so you know like you said do you want to go read up on it and that's what i want you know a lot of people to do is just you know hear yeah. these things and and read and and learn more and you know i think when as a culture and society we start doing things just without thought but at at some point there was a reason behind it and you know a, a lot of people just lose that that reason or meaning and they, it's just something that we do Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. I think that's that's something that I would 100% agree with you on because that's such a beautiful thought, yeah. Yeah. So um with that, you know, we 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 talked a little bit about marriage and mm-hmm. you know, I hear weddings and wedding parties are are, you know, a big thing. Huge. Yeah. And I I wanted to talk about maybe if that's similar yeah. to you know indian weddings if it's you know a big celebration if it's a smaller celebration yeah. yeah so you can have a smaller celebration but like as an indian it's kind of in our blood to go go big or go home kind of a thing mm-hmm. <laughs> so we we have a huge celebration and uh, you know we have a lot of rituals before the official marriage kind of a thing so we have a haldi ceremony which is basically 
where uh, you know the groom is like you know the groom and the bride are kept separately during that particular phase mm-hmm. of the rituals and the groom they put haldi which is basically turmeric paste mm-hmm. turmeric and they add chandan or rose water to it and they kind of apply it on the groom mm-hmm. and then a little bit of that is put together in like a small like a small quantity of that thing is taken off his body and kept on uh you know mixed into a bigger paste that okay. is then kept on the female and that's something that you know that gives you that bridal glow during the wedding ah. kind of a thing yeah and then we have the mehndi ceremony in which you have like you know uh, uh you use henna to kind of like make really beautiful um kind of tattoos on your okay. hands and legs and you know there is like lit- uh we have the small thing that you know the name of our partner is written somewhere hidden behind in one of the designs and you have oh, to wow. find it like the groom or the partner has to find it so uh that's like a beautiful thing in and yeah. of itself that kind of you know adds to the beauty of the bride and also the groom like you know in some right. cultures we do have the groom also putting the mehndi and then we have the sangeet where you know just the families come together you have singing and dancing and that's just a way to get rid of cold feet and <laughs> a way to kind of bring together the entire family like yeah. you, know, you you are just enjoying and people are connecting and they are like okay so that's kind of like hey we're going to be family now right <laughs> kind of a thing so and then after that even during the wedding you know like you see a lot of rituals and that's one thing that i love to do i love to go to a lot of weddings because i love to see the rituals that happen and you know there are this fun little games where um you know you have to like take rice so there's like a huge mm-hmm. plate of rice and you take the rice and you pour it over the groom's head and then the groom does that to the bride uh-huh. and that's basically like you know they do that to kind of get rid of the nervousness that you know a lot of people feel during wedding like oh my god yeah. so much pressure so many things to do what's going to happen next and during that moment it's like it's okay just calm down live in the moment kind of a thing <laughs> right and yeah there's like beautiful games where um you know in a kind of pot of milk they drop their rings engagement rings and then mm-hmm. the whoever finds the rings first is kind of like you know it's okay yeah so she will be or he will be the dominant person in the marriage it's it's fun little things that right. um games that you kind of play during the uh you know marriage process mm-hmm. because you want to get rid of all the cold feet and all right. the nervousness you want you want them to become more familiar with each other and you know when it comes to arranged marriages like what we were speaking the bride and groom have probably known each other for a very short time mm-hmm. like you know maybe yeah, a couple of months four to five months oh, really? to max yeah like but you know we, we have arranged marriages where people have known each other for like a year or more than that mm-hmm. before they actually decide to get married but that's a way to get familiar with each other get familiar with the touch get yeah, familiar with right. the person the laughs yeah. and things like that so yeah Yeah exactly. So yeah, playing those little games it kind of like you said breaks the ice, the nervousness kind of goes yeah. away and people can start kind of relaxing and and enjoying it mm-hmm. and you know enjoying each other yeah. and learning more about each other. So that's really fascinating. Yeah. That's really that's really fascinating. <laughs> yeah, most definitely like I too like you know like I still go to weddings and 
you know, I come across things and I'm just like, whoa, that's such a cool thing to do. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, like I always have my mom on, on the side because I'm just like, what's the meaning behind this? What's the meaning behind this? And she's just like, can you calm down? I'll go home and I'll tell you like, what's the thing? So yeah, she tells me all of the things like, you know, she is, um, I think she would have been a better guest for this part. <laughs> I would oh no, you're doing she, great. <laughs> no, like she has so much knowledge. Like, you know, she could go on for days upon days. Like, you know, I, uh, you know, we at our home, we discuss a lot of mythology, a lot of stories, a lot mm-hmm. of things. And, you know, we kind of always pester her to tell us more stories and tell us more things. And that's such a great way to kind of connect. Yeah, you know, I agree. When, yeah, during your life, you know, it's just like a way to it's something that you can fall back on. And mm-hmm. just, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's something, you know, kind of, kind of what we said earlier was, you know, you, you live in this culture and you do things without thought. And as you, you yeah. know, you, you get older, you start wondering why, and then you start learning more, yeah. even just about your own culture and why you do things. And, right. and so by the time, you know, you might be, you know, your mother's age, you might be the one that's an expert, yeah. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. hopefully <laughs> that's the dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, how does music play into the Indian culture? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that that's a beautiful question. And um, music is something that you know it connects ourselves, like you know our present selves, to our souls, to our community, to our culture. It's something that acts as a reminder to okay, yeah, here's the thing, you know, here's what your culture is all about. And every region has its own form of music. Right. It has its own form of, you know, instruments, its own form of style. Like, you know, like when you are talking to a creative person, you do realize that there is a particular style. Like, you know, when, let's say you read a lot of comics and you realize like, you know, when you see a familiar art style, you can connect it to that particular person. Right. And that's kind of something that I feel is, you know, is what happens with the music. In India, so you know, like I, uh, as a half Bengali, I love Rabindra Sangeet, which is basically it was um, the poems written by Rabindranath Tagore, mm-hmm. and um, you know he had a particular way of singing it. He had a particular style, and that's that style is still followed. Like you know, like you see, you go to Calcutta and you see all these people singing in that particular style and it raises goosebumps when you understand the Mm -hmm. meaning behind the song and you know when it's sung in a particular way so yeah right and so the music isn't just music but it's it's part of the culture it's part of the spirituality of india yes Yes. you know so it's much more more than just music it's it's ingrained into the culture and the spirituality and and the whole you know the the just the entire culture of india Yep, most definitely. I would completely agree with that statement because, yeah, you know, music is something that connects and music has always acted as a bridge between um, the current lives and our souls, I feel. And I feel like in India, you know, it's so uh, intertwined with the culture that it's it's kind of synonymous at one point. Mm -hmm. Now, I know... I know the, you know, you, you have the gods that you, you worship. And if I'm not mistaken, even when in those worships, there's, there's music being played. Yeah. So like, we don't necessarily have music being played. Mm -hmm. 
like uh, we have the shlokas mm-hmm. and we have things that we sing to the gods as a way to invoke their blessings mm-hmm. um so we don't like you know sometimes when there is like a very huge aarti aarti is basically like a very huge song that we sing to the gods and we don't know all the wordings to it mm-hmm. we do play the music because it's you know like it's better to sing it right rather or listen to it right rather than to sing it wrong because mm-hmm. then you would be invoking the wrong blessings right um so we do listen to music or we do play music but in our daily practices i think every family has their own set of shlokas that they like to um sing during the puja right and that's yeah. that's got to be really uh, you know it would some be something that would be really interesting to see you yeah. know and how does the music vary and it, you said it does vary from you know i guess region to region or state to state mm-hmm. you know and so, yeah i think again you know it depends on which state you are in and mm-hmm. what style the people are following a lot of music is derived from the old golden ages kind of a thing mm-hmm. um so i don't um, you know i won't be able to you know give you the that's okay exact answer to this yeah right <laughs> but yeah it's mostly derived from the golden times of mm-hmm. people singing songs and we just follow that and you know a lot of our things are kind of you know picked up from that we kind of as i said you know like india is a place where we love to adapt and adjust yeah. to our current situation so yeah and you know to people listening this we have this thing called as coke studio i think there is a version of it in um, the us and uk as well i'm not really sure but mm-hmm. we have this thing called the coke studio where you know they present old music in a modern way Mm. and there are some yeah. beautiful songs and you know like songs that just hype you up that put you in that <laughs> vibe where you are actually connecting to god and i would love to suggest some of the songs to you because you know they are songs that you know when you listen to it without understanding the meaning it's really amazing but when you listen to it after you have understood the meaning it's just like snap right. kind of a thing you know like team kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Yeah, for sure. I would love to hear some of that. Yeah. How does how does the art and architecture play into the culture? Because I know, mm-hmm. you know, just I've never been to India and but I have seen pictures of of the architecture and it's just it's beautiful. It's definitely beautiful. You have to come to India. And I think if you come to India, you have to take like a huge vacation. <laughs> or you'll have to come multiple times because there's so much to explore that you know like even me having lived in india i haven't explored even like 5% of india i feel like even though i have visited a lot of places mm-hmm. there's so much to explore in india obviously you know you visit the um, famous monuments you visit the famous places but then when you go into the nooks and corners of the rural culture you you find out things that that is that's like really amazing right so art and architecture is a it's a wonderful thing and uh, so you know like if you want to see architecture we have not only like you know it's not only just the internal things like 
everything in India, I feel like, has a meaning to it. Mm-hmm. Every um, thing that we do has a meaning behind it. So, if you were to look into architecture, if you would come to the southern states, you would see the temples, and all the temples, like they are so beautifully constructed. There are like steps. It's really huge. It's in a triangular um, kind of a shape. You know, it's kind of like in a pyramid shape mm-hmm. kind of a structure because it soaks up the energy and brings it directly to you when you are inside the temple and everything has its own meaning you know like and architecture in india i feel is not something that you would have to visit a particular place to see it anywhere you go you would find something of architectural value mm-hmm. and um, but you know i would do i would implore you to visit um ajanta and elora caves because that's something that's really beautiful like the way they carved the architecture like you know i know it's a bit separate yeah. from what we were talking about no, culture, it's okay. but um yeah there there's this beautiful thing that you know the guide told us was there at that time when the engravings were carved into the cave they didn't have like you know like artificial lights like they didn't have tube lights and bulbs and things right. like that so what they used to do and like they were inside the cave so they couldn't really have like a lot of light brought into it so there was like this really huge hole with like a water outlet okay. so there was a lake kind of a thing and the sunlight would reflect off the water mm-hmm. and it would spread around the cave and then oh, they wow. could like carve things yeah, yeah almost was, almost like a mirror you know the yeah. the sentient mirror and expanding it they yeah. use water that's amazing yeah, and you know, when I heard that, I was like a really young kid, but I was so astonished and amazed by the thought that went into, um, you know, things like things, things like these that, you know, it's such a simple thing as someone who has learned about science, but at that point of time where people were still learning, where they were still exploring things and, you know, this was such a unique way to kind of bring light into right. the cave to practice architecture and yeah, again, you know. Each, if you go, um, you know, the art and architecture varies depends on, depending on which region you right. are and everything, everything. Oh, yeah. And I think that goes yeah, with, yeah. with, you know, every country, you know. Yeah. You know, I think that goes with, you know, here in the United States, the architecture on the East Coast is very different than what we have on the West Coast. And, yep. you know, and I think that goes with every, every country. You know, I can talk to... Mm-hmm you who's in the southern part of India and somebody in the northern part of India and they will be telling me something slightly different, you know, similar but different because it's, you know, it it varies from region to region. Yep. Yep. And architecture, um, so, you know, like art is something that is, um, that was used to record things that were happening in the past. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can see a lot of the history of India on these engravings on the walls of the caves, of the temples. Like, you know, there any temple you go to, there will be some or the other engraving that you will find that, you know, that kind of tells a story behind that particular right. place or that particular god whom you are going to worship. So, yeah, right. I mean, art and architecture is closely linked with culture, I believe. Yeah, and 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 I, I a, a similar theme I, I find is everything is done within your spirituality. So everything that you do mm-hmm. is is part of the I don't want to say religion, but the spirituality of India. 
you know, yeah. the music and the art and you said, you know, everything that we do, there's a meaning behind it. There's, you know, whether it's for God or whether it's for this, there's some so- sort of the spirituality of India in mm-hmm. all the different pieces of, you know, Indian culture. And I find that really fascinating. Yeah, most definitely. Like, you know, and I would really like, you know, like I have this, um, you know, idea of going on like a long trip with my family where we visit like every small place in India because there's so much to learn and I love learning about the culture, right. you know. I I don't think I have barely scratched the surface <laughs> of culture in India. Like, you know, you you know the main things that's happening. You know Holi, you know Diwali, you know right. these festivals that we are celebrating. You know the mehi, meaning behind it. But then, again, as I was telling you, like, you know, every place has a different meaning behind why they celebrate a particular festival. And right. I would love to kind of just journal my way through India. And yeah, write about all these different things. That would be that would be really cool. You know, the journey through India, and then you get a book and you write it, and you tell a story about mm-hmm. all these different places and how how similar they are, but different, even within the same country and culture. How you yeah. have you know differences and similarities, and you, yeah. you can look at all cultures like that, where you can say, you know, this culture has similarities to this culture, but they're in different parts of the world or anything. Mm-hmm. And, but you can see the differences and similarities and it's really cool to, to see all of those. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> I would completely <laughs> agree with you. Yeah. That's the dream. Hopefully I'll be able to do that in 2022 or the later half of 2021, depending on yeah, the when, vaccine and things like yeah. that. Yeah. So how does, how has COVID, um, the pandemic affected India? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be completely honest with you, uh, like, you know, I have anxiety and stuff like that. So after a point of time, I kind of stopped listening to the news and mm. things like that, because, you know, there's being aware and then there's literally traumatizing you. Through you know, the over, over, oversaturated with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, after a point of time, I was just like, okay, just stay home. Wash your hands, wash your face, take proper precautions, wear a mask, go out, come back as soon as you can. And that's about Mm -hmm. it. But yeah, like, you know, COVID has impacted, um, I would say the hospitality industry. I'm someone who comes from the hospitality industry and I have seen so many hotels kind of, you know, shut Mm -hmm. down so many places shut down. And so many of my friends lose their jobs over COVID because, you know, the hotels were not functioning anymore. And that's such a sad thing to witness because, especially in India, I feel, because, you know, we are a country that lives in hospitality. We live and breathe hospitality. Mm -hmm. And to not be able to show the people what we are is something that's really sad. And, you know, we have this really cool line in Sanskrit that is kind of like, you know, even the tagline of our tourism um, department and the ministry that is Atiti Devo Bhava that is guest is like God mm-hmm. and we are to always treat our guests like God mm-hmm. like you know like every single person who visits not only a particular state not only a particular place but also your home you have to treat your guests like you would treat God you have to give them proper treatment you can't you can't just you know like brush them aside you can't just right. like you know if God were to visit you, you wouldn't present them with something that you ate daily. 
Right. Like, you know, that's obviously an option, but... Right. Like you would treat, to go above and beyond what them, you would for, yeah. you know, somebody yeah. who's just a regular, uh, I don't want to say regular visitor, but, you know, like a, yeah. a just a family friend or something like friend that. Friend or something like that, yeah. And that's, that's, that's the thing, you know, like, we love to go a step beyond and help people and to show people the culture, like, you know, uh, we are talking here in, like, you know, bits and pieces about culture. But, like, if you were to come to India, you would, you were to visit, like, smallest, like, you know, as specific as you would get, the more you would learn. Right. About a particular yeah. place. And, yeah. Yeah, yes, Hospitality was a sector that I think was the most visit, um, you know, kind of. Yeah. Something and I think, that took a backseat during COVID. Yeah. yeah, I think that's something, you know, I think really, I would say around the world, hospitality has been hit really hard. Yeah, most definitely. You know, because that's that, a lot of people have, you know, restaurants have been closed and hotels and, mm-hmm. you know, all those service industries and hospitality industry has been, I believe, you know, I would say hit the hardest throughout, yeah. you know, the United yeah, States too. Yeah, I keep seeing things like this and it keeps breaking my heart. So after a point of time, I stopped seeing things like that. <laughs> like I was like, okay, let's, let's focus on what we can do let's focus on what we can help right like how many people can we help around us if we are able to and that's something that you know i love to talk about even in my soul coaching is that you don't have to help hundreds of people every day you have to help one person like even if one person smiles because of you even if you bring happiness to one person that's that's really more than enough you know like Right. That happiness is something that's unbridled. That's you know you don't have to. There's no ulterior motive behind that happiness. Right. And that that was kind of my focus during the pandemic was to be able to help at least one person mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> you know help, helping <laughs> helping people help. It kind of creates a chain where you help somebody and then they help somebody and then, you know, it it, it expands from there and it snowballs into other people helping other people. Yeah, most definitely. I I completely agree with that notion that, you know, (laughs) it's, it's, it's just helping without thinking too much into it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, how you would help someone, but you know, there should never... I feel like, you know, like, obviously, it is human nature to have an ulterior motive behind helping someone that, okay, if I help you now, you'll help me later on, sometime mm-hmm. in the future. But to be able to help without having any strings attached would be the best kind of help. And, yeah, right. that's my goal to be able to do that every day without thinking too much into what <laughs> they could help me with in the future. Right. Yeah, it gives a sense of fulfillment. Yep, most definitely. <laughs> so, speaking Indian culture, how does the culture differ from being a woman compared to maybe being a man? You know, because, you know, here in the United States, um, women, mm-hmm. they work and, you know, it's, it's taken a long time for them to find jobs. And even here, culturally, you know, women get paid less than men on... Yeah you know, the jobs aren't as good as they might be for men. And Mm -hmm. how does that gender equality happen in India? That's that's like a really good question because 
in india you know like females are mostly viewed as mothers or they are viewed as caregivers or they are viewed as someone who helps stabilize the house mm-hmm. but but that is by providing things like, like food by providing warmth by providing shelter and the man's part or the male's part is to help bringing the money to help bring in the resources that the woman mm-hmm. can then use to you know provide to the family so i think as as girls as ladies you know like as a lady myself it is something that a lot of people have to overcome a lot of um, you know the female population has to overcome uh, is the thought that you can't do both you can't be a caregiver you can't mm-hmm. be a homemaker and you can't run your job as well like you can't do both at the same time and this is something that i keep telling people that you know like this is literally why goddesses are worshiped in india because we are the epitome of balance right we help we help provide you know like like as i was telling you during the navratri we worship the different forms of goddess and all these forms already exist in a woman and i would like to tell them that as much as a man can handle both the outside world and the inside world so can the ladies and that's something that i think a lot of women already agree with and a lot of women are going out there they are you know working they are expanding in their career they are exploring new things mm-hmm. and um, you know there are a few restrictions obviously like women can't work too late into the night or uh, things like that like lesser pay probably mm-hmm. or you know lesser advantages but i think we are growing towards decreasing things like that we are growing towards creating a more gender um, neutral kind of a situation where both the male and the female are viewed as equal Mm-hmm. Great. I mean, that's, 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 that's really cool. You know, it's, it's yeah. here in the United States, you know, we like to think gender equality is, you know, that just that equal, but there's mm-hmm. still gaps between men and women yeah. where, you know, like pay gaps and, you know, just, in general, the gender roles are, you know, kind of locked into what people think. And so yeah, it's interesting yeah. to see, you know, in, in India, you know, how, how the differences and, and, and the, how it's kind of changing. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. And I feel like, you know, like I, I would love to tell people that it's not about the gender. Like, you know, right. sure we have, we have the male gods and we have the female gods and we have all that stuff but i i would love to tell people that it's not about um gender it's about who you are as a person mm-hmm. that matters the most that you know like it's not whether a guy cannot cook at home or the guy cannot take care of the house and a girl has to go out there a girl cannot go out there and work all the day you know all the time right it should be something that as a person what do you feel that mm-hmm. you know what what do you want to achieve in your life because you know it's we are so struck up on gender roles and mm-hmm. gender stereotypes i would love to kind of help people understand the fact that it's not about gender it's about who you want to be as a person and mm-hmm. 
how much of that you can achieve and what is stopping you from achieving that and helping you know people overcome that because it's not about whether you can do it as a boy or whether you can right. do it as a girl or not it's about whether you can do it as a person right and that's it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it that's about it <laughs> great well i think we can wrap it up here um is sure. there anything else that you want to add to everybody that's listening about whether it be you know indian culture or you know you yourself you know your your podcast and yeah so um you know to anyone who's listening out there i would definitely invite you to india to come visit this place there's so much that you know you can explore there's so much food that you can explore so many cultures so many things is the littlest things that brings you joy and you know you can get that here in india so i would implore everyone to at least visit india once in their life yeah and you to know, explore what, as much as they can what would you um recommend people seeing if they visited oh that's uh, <laughs> okay so um you know obviously i i think you could start off by visiting the really famous monuments like mm-hmm. taj mahal and things like that because you have to go back and tell people that yeah i visited taj mahal or why i visited this and i visited that that's like the main huge things right but if you do have the time to explore i would really suggest people exploring um, you know the cultures behind it like every single place has its own culture and I have been living in Hyderabad for like 7 to 8 years or I think no more than that I think I've been living here for almost 12 years now mm-hmm. and I still haven't uncovered even like 50% <laughs> of what's here there's so much to learn there's just, there's so much like you know you could just pick one thing like if you want to learn about India's culture via music you can explore that to the very depths of the ocean and right. you want to learn it why a food there's so many things that you know why do we use certain spices why do we not use certain spices why do we make prepare something in a particular way there's so much that you can learn there are so many stories to uncover and india is like a huge bundle of stories is right multiple story books wrapped under one <laughs> huge country yeah so yeah i think i would implore you guys to come and uncover at least a few of those stories and for sure um, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you need to come with your family. I am, you know, if you ever visit, let me know and okay. we could do a whole tour together with our family. Great. I'd love that. Yeah. That would be something really cool one day to see for sure. <laughs> yeah. Most definitely. And um me as a person, I'm a soul coach and I recently started a podcast called The Soul's Conquest that is centered around self love self care and healing and the many aspects of the soul and um it is basically to help you know like i have felt lost in 2020 and um the soul's conquest was something the things that i learned is basically the things that i've learned put together in a podcast and those things are basically what helped me reconnect with myself and help me strengthen my bond and that's something that i would love to share with people so yeah if you have the Great. time give it a and hear. where where can they find that reviews. yeah you can uh, they can find it um you know on spotify on apple podcast they can find it on google podcast or they could just visit my instagram channel that's at the rate 
मधुरिमा एम ए डी एच यू आर आई एम ए अंडर स्कोर सोल कोच सो इफ दे विजिट दैट दे कैन फाइंड अ लिंक टू यू नो ऑल द पॉडकास्ट प्लेटफॉर्म्स और ऑल द प्लेटफॉर्म्स माई पॉडकास्ट ऑन ओवर दूस You can choose and let me know what you think about it. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to say thank you for coming on today. It was uh it was a lot of fun and I think we learned quite a bit. Yep. So I I want to thank you for yeah, that. Yeah, thank you for inviting me here. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, thank you I, for inviting you know, love, me to join you here. I love culture and I, you know, would love to learn as much as I possibly can. So Yeah, most definitely. I'll definitely share um the songs that i was telling you about and like mm-hmm. you know if you have the time you could share it with people who would be interested to listen to yeah, the songs course. because there you are know, some songs that we listen to in india all the time right and one thing that i or do we like listen to, to in our household all the time. one thing i do like to do is um you know after these episodes come out i like to go through our social medias and i post things that you know yeah. you and i might talk talk about which you know is important to those cultures yeah. and you know clothing and, yeah. and music and food and you know all these different yeah. aspects so that people get to not only hear but they can then you know see so you know any of mm-hmm. anybody that's you know not following on the socials um on facebook on instagram you know you can go yeah. follow there and, and you can get so much more information and visual uh yeah. of the actual culture most definitely and i would love to shout out your podcast because you know i've been listening to it with my mom and it's so so beautiful i know it's your own podcast so <laughs> i can't really shout out on your podcast but you know i loved the episodes that you have put on about the peruvian culture about the venezuelan culture and oh my god it's such a beautiful thing and i'm definitely going to follow every episode that comes great out. i i i'm such glad you know a little bit i i am a i'm a student of cultural anthropology and for a very long time i lived a life didn't really have a direction and the one thing that i did like was culture and so as i started going to school getting degrees and and learning more and more it became a real passion and i decided to bring culture to more people and that's the the point of the co- the the podcast yeah. is to learn about different cultures and different people and share them with the world and and show those similarities and show those differences and hopefully you know people can understand that you know people are people and cultures are yeah. are so diverse but yet so similar in in certain ways and just gain more understanding of people and an excitement yeah. of culture and and all these other countries where they might go visit it when maybe they have never even heard or thought about it yeah yeah most definitely and it's such a beautiful thing and i i genuinely hope a lot of success to your podcast because for me it has been a great source to learn about all these cultures like you know you have posted only two mm-hmm. episodes but it was such a beautiful thing to listen to and yeah i'm excited to learn about the cultures from all over the world so yeah <laughs> i hope you have so much success and thank and you and i I hope you do as well. Thank you. <laughs> so, and as I like, you know, is I like to end the show with a little saying that I have. Is there anything that you want to yeah. share before we end? A saying or anything like that? 
to be honest not at the moment because like my mind is drawing it a blank but um, yeah like you know as i was saying india is a india is a country with a lot of stories and i hope that all of you visit here and you know enjoy every single story to its fullest that's yeah. that's the only thing i would like you know like to end the show with that yeah thank you And remember to follow us on the socials at Culturepology on Facebook and Instagram. Also, if you would like to be on the show to talk about your culture, you can message me on either social or you can email me at uh, culturepology5 at gmail.com. And folks, as I like to say, people don't feel the smile on your face. It's the smile of our hearts that people feel. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs>